and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. How's it going? And John. Hey, everybody. Merces, Brompers, Man's Ears, if you're a fan of Seinfeld. Over the years, there's seemingly no end to, what did the narrator call it? Oh, yeah. Discreet innovations to men's fashion. Will today's activewear brand be a new fad, or is it just a little bit sad? We'll find out, but first, here's an ad. Hey, that rhymed. There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey, but there is the all-new Service Hub from HubSpot. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. So today's product is Matador Meggings. And this product is brought to us by founder Valentine. And Valentine is asking for $250,000 for 10% in his business, which is $2.5 million in terms of evaluation. The product is Matador Meggings, which is positioned as a sports bra for man parts. And this is a line of leggings and compression shorts and bike shorts that are designed with male anatomy in mind. It features a modesty pad. And really the problem that it's solving for is that Unlike traditional leggings, which might not take men into account in their product design, this is designed so that men can wear their patterns and have the value add of compression, which increases blood circulation and activates minor muscles without really worrying about flash in anything, you know? So thinking about our product and our pitch and our brand and our founder, initial thoughts of Matador Meggings. I love the idea hate the name. I would drop Megan's <laughs> entirely and just keep it as Matador, clean, concise, like you already have sure. a visual image in mind that you're trying to paint. Look, if you do a Google search right now for like men's active wear or men's compression wear, you're going to see there's Lululemon, Under Armour, Fabletics, and it's all the same solid gray, black, or blue variant in market. This actually provides fun, colorful, fashionable options for, you know, an industry that doesn't have that that's primarily been, I would argue, catered towards the female angle. Sure. I also think there's a ton of value for, and not to get super political, but for folks that, you know, maybe in the process of transitioning that would want to have a little bit more support and coverage there sure. to be able Absolutely. to have something, again, a very underserved market. So I love this in concept. It's just the Meggings, the, the name. It's, you don't like Meggings. You don't, no. you don't like the words stuck together. I don't like any spin on like purses for like male purses, Meggings. Like it's just, it's such a lazy way in Call some it what ways. what it is. It's to, leggings. They're leggings. Right, right. Why does it They're have leggings. to be gender? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody on their website as a e-commerce site is going to add a separate section for Meggings versus <laughs> leggings. It's going to be leggings. Right. You filter by leggings yeah. for men. <laughs> yes. And just leave it at that. I actually have no problem with men who want to wear just leggings. And I think that they have tapped into the right insight that is for men who just want to wear leggings, there's a real sense of vulnerability and concerns about modesty and concerns about judgment. Male genitalia is something people 
men tend to want to pride themselves on in terms of overall look, you know, uh, jeez, oh, I don't even talk about this. Like, I, this is my job. I'm on a work podcast. What am I supposed to say about it? You know, everybody wants a big package. Sure. Uh, and so it's nice that they've got a modesty pad so that- You look like a superhero. You know. I love that. It's the market talking. This is what the market would tell you. This isn't me personally. Sure. So in theory, I could see the real case for this. I don't see any way that they get actual traction on this product unless they can get actual major celebrities to start using this product. Hmm. Like they will need to start a movement where men- actually see other men wearing just leggings hmm. to make it socially acceptable. Because right now it is not socially acceptable at most gyms for men to just wear leggings, in my opinion. There was like an interesting men's health article about it where the author was like, hey, I was kind of anti- male leggings without shorts, but then I tried them and they're actually like way better. Like the shorts are kind of restricting, like yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But he asked all the other men on staff at Men's Health and nobody would wear them. And so I think we're underestimating the amount of social change that will be sure. required in order for this product to take off. Mm -hmm. I wish that they had gone more into like the use cases. I was sort of struggling to see like, who is the audience for this? Like, is it your runners? Is it your bikers? And maybe it was just implied, but I wish there was more like explicit, this is the persona we're targeting. And this is the specific sport. This is I the agree. specific use case. Because it just seemed like men want this. And I am trying to change that with no actual data of which men want this, which sport yeah. are they trying to play? I mean, the main use case is stopping villains in Gotham City, right. of course. Of course. Uh, but beyond <laughs> that, I, I do think, you know, as a guy who works out and wears shorts quite frequently, I think shorts can be restricting sure. when it comes to certain types of weightlifting. Mm. Like when you're doing squats, okay. it actually can be restricting. Rowing, Rowing's a good shorts one. can be a real challenge, oh. actually. Biking, shorts can also okay. be a bit of a challenge. And so I actually think the places where shorts get in the way is probably broader than we're giving credit for. But I think the willingness to actually adopt that as what they wear is a lot lower than we probably are estimating. I think my biggest thing with this product is this should be a licensing deal to me. Mm. He should sell this to Lululemon yeah. or, you know, a bigger distributor and then try to work that angle into the body positivity movement without having so much liability on your entire brand to carry that mission through. I think he's going to have to win on brand yeah. and he's going to have to establish himself that way, which yeah, is kind of hard and expensive. He's got the margins to support it. And so like he actually could invest in it. And that's why I would say like, if he's going to do it, I would go hard and I would go fast. Is the way that you'd recommend he go about that influencer marketing? Or is there another way that you think he could establish like market dominance quickly? I would probably go to 10 to 20 celebrities who are known for wearing athleisure and workout clothes publicly. And I would probably give them equity in the company. And I would probably try and make them part owners and say like, your adoption of this is all upside for you as opposed to like doing a deal where you say, well, I'm going to take pretty limited cash that I have and spending it on marketing budget. Yeah. I'd probably go that way. Get a Justin Bieber to test out instead of if chairs. If Bieber's out there wearing, like that would work. And so I think that's why like his mm. biggest challenge is going to be, can I actually get the mainstream to adopt this? And he has to move fast because, especially just based on like shark reaction, there's nothing technically so proprietary about this. So the defensibility of the business kind of comes into play. So it's like he needs to establish his brand very quick so that people turn to Matador Meggings versus any of the alternatives that could quickly be replicated by the big players like Lululemon. Yeah. 
But ultimately, none of the sharks actually offered a Shark Tank deal. And it was kind of sad, right? Because we I was we very saw sad. them slowly tick away. And it was okay at first because it's like, oh, maybe Damon, maybe Daniel. Like it doesn't seem that the founder here really understands like what their direct target consumer would look like, yeah. what that profile looks like. And for those reasons, even Daniel went out womp womp. Yeah. Ariel, I think you nailed it, which is like, this is a time for focus, actually. Like, you need to be really explicit with who your target persona mm-hmm. is and try and win that market as much as you can. Especially if you're selling $92 leggings, just mind you. Like, that's not a cheap pair. No, it's not a cheap purchase. No. That is a lot to try to ask. I have to ask, though, would you invest in Matador Meggings as a shark? No. I would. <laughs> okay. 50-50. <laughs> that. John, that was so quick. You go first. <laughs> For me to wear just leggings, it would take a lot. I have been raised with the idea that, like— There's a way for men to wear leggings. Modesty matters for men. <laughs> modesty. And that yeah. it is rude and explicit to reveal too much about yourself. So different. And so I just think, like, even with a modesty pad, like, the modesty needs to be dialed up way more. Um, (laughs) Extra modesty padded. Yeah. Super sports bra for men. (laughs) Maybe that's what you should do. You should have levels of modesty. So why would you invest, Ariel? I think it's unique enough of a product, even if it's not within the workout space. I know we just talked about like leaning into like targeting, but I thought of first like the festival community who's riding bikes around and stuff that needs something fashionable that's a little bit more durable than like the leggings you get at Target or Shein. I do think there's options and there's interest there. It's just, it's going to be very fragmented across a number of different target audiences. And I think just making sure you have a concrete strategy for each of those from a marketing lens would be one of the main like differentiators for them because their margins are pretty good and their designs are beautiful. And $90 isn't like super terribly priced for a higher quality, higher end leggings. That makes sense. Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.